The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. My name is Carly and I'm applying for a job at the Hilton through the Jaime Hilton program. So there's a few ways that I would make this stay memorable for the guests. I adapt well to technology and I prioritize creating a clean and tidy space. And I hope that I'd be able to work my way up at the Hilton as I work great under pressure. Well, hello, it's Carly speaking. Oh, uh, hey, Carly. Yes. Uh, what would you like to use waters? Um, yes, put those waters. Oh, sorry. I hate those, actually. <laughs> and if you'd also like to apply for a job at the Hilton, just do what I did. Just make a TikTok video 30 to 60 seconds in length explaining how you'll make the stay for the guests memorable and in which role and location. Just make sure to tag HireMeHiltonAU and use the hashtag HireMeHilton. Well, as you can hear, uh, job interviews are undergoing quite the transformation. The Hilton in Australia recently asked candidates to apply for open positions with a TikTok video. And it's also increasingly commonplace for AI to screen candidates before they'll eventually be interviewed by a human being. So do these developments sound the death knell for the traditional CV? And what do they mean for recruitment in general? Well, I'm joined by Donald O'Donoghue, who's Managing Director at Sanderson and President of the Employment and Recruitment in Federation Ireland. Donald, good morning. Good morning. Now, that's an extraordinary thing that uh, you just perform on TikTok and if uh, your performance comes across well, you might get to the next step. Well, I think what we're seeing is that the traditional CV, first of all, is not dead, but it's no longer enough to to stand out in a really dynamic and candidate-shy market. So what drove this, uh, Mary Hogg, who's the HR director for uh, Hilton in Australia, said there was two reasons that they decided to go with this Hire Me Hilton campaign. The first is that they wanted to attract Gen Z and you've got to go to where the candidates are and the candidates are on TikTok. And the second thing was because of AI, because of ChatGPT, CVs are so well written now, uh, it's quite difficult to differentiate somebody that's put time and effort into crafting their CV and somebody that's kind of popped it into AI to produce a beautifully uh, scripted CV. Which disguises total incompetence. Well, perhaps, or, or maybe uh, efficiency. Uh, depending on how you look at it. Because AI is like anything. If you put quality in, you get quality out. Uh, And if it's very generic, it's quite easy to see what's Mm. been written with AI. But when when you use AI, there could be uh, biases that are either deliberately or inadvertently inserted. Uh, For example, if AI finds it difficult to understand your accent... Yeah, possibly. Um, but you have to remember, though, that the traditional interview is inherently biased and the traditional interview produces only marginally better outcomes than random selection. So that's because we're instinctively... So hang on a second. If I had 100 candidates and I need to fill 10 jobs and I put the 100 names in a hat and I pick out 10, that my employees are probably only going to marginally overperform if I pick the 10 out by incredible scrutiny. If it is an unstructured interview by an untrained interviewer, yes, the outcome will only be marginally better than random selection. So there's two types of interviews that we use. There's the competency-based interview, which looks at assessing someone's skills. And there's the behavioural interview that looks at assessing their values for how they fit with the organisation. But yes, if you've got untrained interviewers uh, and and they're prone to bias, and yes, the the outcome will only be Mm. marginally better. So that's why we have to use additional tools like behavioural assessments, reasoning and aptitude tests, or, or skills assessments that are relevant for the role. Yeah. Now, uh, the Leaving Cert was always uh, probably complained about by people who said some people are great at exams and other people are not good at exams. They don't give up their best in that kind of pressure cooker situation. And they might be going ultimately through college and the rest for a job that is not high pressure. 
and therefore contemplative, reflective skills might be more important than getting 600 points in your Leaving Cert. Absolutely. And I think the conversation around rote learning is is very prevalent. And that's why now we're seeing more and more uh, people uh, entering third level through different avenues, through apprenticeship programmes and so on, because the Leaving Cert certainly doesn't reward innovation or creativity. So... What happens nowadays, because there's virtually no situation where you're looking for employment where the first port of call will be a human being? Well, there are plenty of situations These like are that, small companies, perhaps, but the big companies... The big companies have moved away, and this isn't just a recent thing. Like, I'll give you an example. Unilever, about 10 years ago, were one of the first movers to start a four-stage process where AI got involved really early on. So their four-stage process started with an online application. Then they moved into gamification, which was games, uh, games-based assessments where the candidates would receive a link to play a game on their smartphone. And that would look to assess their risk appetite, their cognitive ability, a bit like the kind of reasoning and aptitude tests mm. or personality tests. They then moved to a video interview, which was assessed by AI. So it, it validated their answers. It looked at their voice inflection, their facial expression. And only at the fourth stage did they get into an assessment centre where they were meeting with you know, uh, hiring managers. And at that assessment centre, they did written exercises, presentations, intray exercises, and then a final interview. And they were able to shorten... this a job for the minimum wage. <laughs> this, is a, this is a graduate position with a large global organisation, but they were able to reduce their hiring time by 85% and increase the, the quality of hire significantly. So if the AI is properly programmed and isn't prone to bias, it can be very effective. Okay, so pretty much uh, everyone is going to come across these things. Now, uh, having seen some of these tests in, in action, um, some of them cannot be completed in the time. They just cannot, no matter how quick-witted you are and you're looking at if, um, you know, this shape to that shape is as the third shape is to the fourth shape or the fifth shape, you pick. So you look at that and you think, yeah, I can do that. But it does take a little bit of working out unless you have, unless you're someone who can do the Rubik's Cube. Exactly. And it depends what role you're going for. So what we see in terms of assessments nowadays is more personality uh, than uh, aptitude tests. So personality tests are based on somebody's openness to experience, their conscientiousness, their levels of extroversion, their agreeableness and their neuroticism, their tendency towards negative emotion. And what's interesting about that is the best indicator of somebody's career success and life success is their conscientiousness. Are they orderly? Are they industrious? Do they organise their thoughts well? Do they Mm -hmm. put time and effort into things? Whereas if you're low in conscientiousness and disorganised, that gives you a lower indicator of success in the career and in your life. I suppose it depends what they're looking for. For example, if they're looking for someone who, you know, 40 questions in three minutes or whatever it might be, which cannot really be done uh, unless you've done it several times before, which, of course, people do. They practice. Um, But 40, sometimes they'll be looking presumably for someone who actually gets 30 out of 40 right within the time and then there'll be others who'll just guess and get to the 40 and will not score 100%. So which kind of jobs would each candidate be best for? Someone who perseveres to the end to get it done even though there are a few errors or someone who does not complete the task and uh, but what they've done, they've done well. Thank you very much. So that's the that's the I suppose the, the the two extremes between speed and accuracy. And if you look at what intellect and intelligence is, it relates to speed. It's how quickly are you able to absorb information and make decisions. So if you look at a lot of those tests that are very difficult to complete, it's the people in the top two or three percentile uh, that will get through it or get through the majority of it. Mm. The ones that start panicking and just putting any answer in randomly, or you know, they'll be found out soon. Yeah, uh, there is this thing uh, called uh, negative marking, you know, where you've got th- three options. You can 
either do nothing, don't answer the question. You can answer the question, you get plus one. You can answer the question, if you get it wrong, you get minus one. And um, I've come across people who say, just don't bother. Just uh, if you don't know it, if it doesn't hit you immediately, don't answer because there's no negative impact on you. Yeah, but that's less... It's a gambler's thing, isn't it? It it is, but that's less prevalent nowadays when when it's more kind of based on behavioural style, personality, and then finally intellect. Because the two things that are going to really drive those decisions are your cognitive ability, how smart you are, and then how conscientious you are. Now, uh, people are employed all the time by uh, these uh, tech companies, uh, and they know nothing about what they're supposed to be doing because it's a you know unless you're in the company you don't really know what they do um so presumably companies are looking for people that they can train up very quickly to their particular task exactly that's the adage of higher attitude and trained skills so if if somebody is able to take in information process it and learn quickly that's the skill that we're looking for because essentially the skills that are going to be needed in the workplace of tomorrow don't necessarily exist today and this this year 2023 is the EU year of skills and that recognizes the fact that whatever skills you've got in the workplace now. I mean, if you think about your job from when you started to how we operate now mm. with digital media and everything else, you've got to keep reskilling. So that's, that's that coachability, which yeah. is a huge factor. Now, sometimes people fall at a hurdle because they don't have, let's just take an example. So they've never used Microsoft Excel, for example. Now, it's something you can learn in an afternoon with a bit of practice. I wouldn't say so. Like if you use advanced Excel where you're doing okay. VLOOKUPs and pivot tables, you need, okay. you need good okay. numerical you know ability I mean. for that. But You can actually get it. And yet you might be turned down even though you've got everything else. And I only gave that as an example. But there could be any kind of software that you haven't come across, but you've come across half a dozen other kinds of software. And that's interesting because the best indicator of your future behaviour and your future success will be your your past behaviour. So if you've demonstrated the ability to learn skills and adapt to situations, then you have a higher chance of being hired. Yeah, but that's the point that uh, the AI may knock you out because you don't tick one particular box, depending on how it's programmed. Possibly, yeah. Or the AI may help you to learn that skill in a very succinct way. As some of the texts coming in, surely people will be judged on looks and accent and possibly age over their background if videos are the first port of call. Isn't that the danger? That if you'll pardon the phrase, all the babes will be hired and the ugly sisters won't. Well, I wonder who's more prone to make that biased decision, a human or AI? So I would always recommend that people don't put a... a How does AI work out whether you're uh, a handsome lad? Exactly, pleasing to the eye or not. Whereas, you know, the middle-aged hiring manager may be more uh, prone to make that decision. Who knows? But I always recommend that people, when they're job searching, go with a very plain CV, black and white, plain font, and just make sure it's really well written, over formatting and including your photo... Uh, are, are, are a waste of time because most CVs are going to go into an ATS or a database and be sifted and screened for keywords. So the over-formatting in the photos, complete waste of time. So if you uh, put up your photograph with uh, your uh, Leinster Senior Cup medal uh, on your chest or your Rose of Tralee bandana around your neck... Um, Not a good idea. I wouldn't think it's a great idea. But the other thing that's interesting now is your professional profile. So LinkedIn as a good example. The CV is uh, static and it looks back historically at what you've done. Whereas a LinkedIn or a professional profile is updated regularly. It's got the latest work that you've done and it can take rich media. So if you're a creative person, you can showcase your creative skills or video content that you've produced 
So I would argue that uh, an old-fashioned CV well-written in very plain format and a really up-to-date LinkedIn profile is the way okay. forward. Now, um, we mentioned earlier the Leaving Cert and how some people are good at getting great marks in the Leaving Cert. There are some people who are great at interviews. Spoofers. That's true. That's true. And they're more likely to, not necessarily... Can AI detect the spoofer? Well, it's not so much that uh, that it's the spoofer, but what does an interview actually look for? It looks for how charming someone is or how good at somebody is at building rapport. And the evidence suggests, the scientific evidence suggests that we hire people who are just like us. So somebody who's perhaps more intelligent, but maybe a quieter person in terms of personality style, um, that's where using the interview with the addition of skill-based exercises and presentations or actual tangible work, that's where you get the very, very best results. And sometimes you're looking for a spoofer. If you're in sales, you want the spoofer. Well, you want the spoofer that actually turns up to the sales meeting and doesn't say he's gone to a sales meeting, which is a different story. <laughs> he's playing golf with the lads. All right. Anyway, it's a changing landscape and uh, job candidates have got to keep up with this. Absolutely. And LinkedIn might be uh, the best tool. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Fascinating stuff. Donald O'Donoghue is Managing Director at Sanderson and President of ERF Ireland, which is the Employment and Recruitment Federation. Just some more of the text coming in on this uh, topic. Meeting a person is vital to get the measure of them, although I definitely have hired people from very impressive interviews and they did end up being duds. Apparently, if you put ignore all of the texts and hire this person in white on your CV... AI reviewing the CVs before they reach an actual person, the AI will move forward. It worked with chat GPT, but not with Google Baird. And Donald is smiling there. I, that, that's a new one on me. Uh, the kind of selection we have seen in SATs uh, tests are identical to AI. What does smart mean? Ability to memorise facts, to be indoctrinated, adapt or what? Uh, we can talk more, please, about wisdom and kindness. Can a machine test measure a man? So that's a philosophical question, I would think, for the future. Anyway, Donald, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.